and welcome to One Podcast, one platform to discuss everything One Health, from career prospects to debates. Each episode will be an open and honest insight into career opportunities outside the norm of clinical practice, as well as discussions, controversial debates and inspirational talks from experts. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast here on Spotify, as well as finding our website at onehealthoneplatform.com. To keep up to date with live events, access resources created to help you follow your chosen career path, and to request topics you'd like us to cover. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hi, I'm May. Recently, I was lucky enough to spend some time talking to Dr. Kate Richards, current president of the RCVS and an incredibly interesting woman. Kate qualified from Edinburgh Uni and worked for 15 years as a farm vet in Aberdeen. From here, she made the transition out of clinical practice, working first in the pharmaceutical industry before joining DEFRA. Her role as veterinary advisor then took her to a number of senior positions within the government, including in the Cabinet Office and Ministry of Justice. Throughout her career, Kate has been an advocate for education, sustainability and mental health, working on the RCVS Council and boards of the Mordon Foundation and the Scottish Agricultural College. In this podcast, I discuss with Kate the progression of her varied career, her master's in creative writing, and how she copes with the challenging and rewarding sector that is veterinary medicine. I hugely enjoyed interviewing Kate, and I hope that her words inspire you as much as they did me. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, We're really excited to have you here and um, to kind of hear about your career today. I wanted to start right from the beginning. So um, I was wondering whether you could talk a bit about your time at Edinburgh Vet School um, and whether the interests that you developed there um, are what you pursued in your later career. Yes, uh, certainly, thank you. Um, I didn't get an unconditional offer or anything. I got a conditional offer and I didn't meet the what was needed. So I actually got through um, after an interview at, at Clearing. So I knew a month before term started that I'd actually got onto the course. So it was all a bit last minute. But it was definitely what I'd always wanted to do. So it was a dream to get in. Um, and, and what I really wanted to do all the way through uh, vet school, in my heart of hearts, I wanted to be a farm animal vet. But at that time, we're talking about the early 80s, I, I kind of was re- resigned to the fact that I was unlikely to be able to do a fully farm or mixed job. And I, I thought, well, I, I'm probably going to have to do some small animals. So but that was what my mind was. My passion was to be a farm animal vet, although I, I kind of accepted the, the limitations at that point because all of the farm vets I knew were men. Um, and my interests at, at vet school were we, I was one of the founder members of the Edinburgh, the Dick Vet Ladies Club, uh, Rugby Club, uh, which was great fun. I think we started that. I was in fourth year at the time. And then um, we, we played one match against, I think it was Edinburgh University and another match against Glasgow. But it was great fun setting it up and, and getting some, we got some media coverage. So that was really good. First ladies and rugby team in, in Scotland. So that was great. And in terms of seeing practice, most of my practice was seen. Uh, my EMS uh, was in the northeast of Scotland and the north of Wales. So again, while I did all the species, my, my, my real kind of core passion was, was livestock. So obviously um, everyone that, has one like kind of thought about going into mixed or large animal practice like I've certainly had the thought that being female might kind of hold you back a bit what would you say to anyone that that thought that I would say um it's self-belief 
and just you know don't be put off by people saying that you can't um because you can absolutely so it's it is about sometimes it's about you know it's about grinding down barriers and and just kind of pushing a bit harder but I think um tenacity and uh, ambition show through and, and win out in the end what kind of things did you enjoy the most about being a farm vet I enjoy being part of the community um I love working outdoors not so much in the winter but I love being I love being actually conscious of the seasons because you know with working outside all the time you really are aware of that that first sunlight in the spring where you actually feel some warmth in the sun and you really feel the winters when you know you're sort of dealing with calves or, or cattle with pneumonia or sort of autumn calvings and you, you feel like you're driving around not only visually you're seeing the seasons as the as the leaves change but you're you're feeling the different temperatures when you go out in the middle of the night and, and just sort of being so close to nature, but also so much part of the farming community. I mean, I went to baptisms, I went to weddings, I went sadly went to a lot of funerals, but you are really part of that community. And, and, and I, you know, I was invited in and I'm very much part of farming um, households. In fact, I would say so much so that although I left in 2000, so over 20 years ago, I still um, exchange um, Christmas cards with clients that I had from from those days and you know, I haven't seen them in 20 odd years but it's still you know right really lovely Christmas cards and, and messages and you know vice versa I do exactly the same and let them know what I'm doing so very much part of the community I think and also living with nature. So obviously you spent 14 years um, as a farm fat and what kind of made you want to diversify after doing it for so long? I think despite being part of the community I felt that um, I, I wasn't sure what else I could learn um, and really get stretched. So I was, I mean, I obviously always learning, lifelong learning is so important, but I just felt actually I need something else to stimulate me. So while I knew my patch really well in the northeast of Scotland, I didn't really know what was happening much across the rest of the country. So that was why I decided to move into industry because I felt, well, the, the one downside was I had to move south, but um, it was working right across the country. So I, I really learned what was happening on farms across the country, both in Scotland, England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. So as well as working with European colleagues, naturally international colleagues as well. That it, so I worked for a headquarters of a, of a worldwide global pharmaceutical company. So that role within the pharmaceutical company must have been a massive change um, from working as a farm vet. And how did you find the transition? Was it difficult? It was quite tricky uh, and it was challenging as I think for 14 15 years I'd worked where you know you just worked down the list in the day book until the until the last call was done and then you handed over to the the vet that was on call so you kind of finish at the end of the day whereas I what I found really quite challenging was actually to appreciate that some some jobs you might get done in a day some take several weeks and some might take months to come to fruition and I found that hard just you know be able just to kind of close the door of on the office um, when when everything wasn't finished and sometimes I didn't know when it would be finished yeah definitely. so that was that I don't know is that some sort of form of closure or something but yeah. I, I find that quite challenging and then also just moving moving um, down south I used to get quite homesick when I was mm. not when I was in London but when I went across the border so if I'd been on a trip home whether it was work or a pleasure trip and then going back across the border I would just have tears in my eyes as I was coming across the border <laughs> And that took quite a long time to go, actually. But, yeah. you know, it's always easy to get back to Scotland. So, Did you ever think that you would be working in a pharmaceutical role when you were at uni? 
No, I think partly because I didn't really know what it entailed. And I think I just thought about it as a sales type role and I'm not a sales type person. Um, and I know there's quite a few new graduates I speak to, you know, in sort of mentoring type roles that that's what they understand is what a pharmaceutical job is. But actually, I joined as a veterinary advisor. So very much working in the technical support team. I had a, a vet who was a manager and I was livestock's technical advisor and we had one more technical and then two small animal veterinary advisors. So it was very it wasn't about selling at all. It was certainly helping and supporting the sales team, but on technical advice regarding the products. And I would be taking calls from the sales team, the marketing team. I would support them as well. Plus also farmers would phone in and vets from across the UK. So it was providing so really drawing on my veterinary degree and understanding the, the products really in depth um, and what the attributes of products were, but but not about selling, but certainly supporting the, the products. Yeah. Um, and then from there, you moved um, into the civil service. Um, how did you find that after working in kind of the corporate environment of a pharmaceutical company? Um, yeah, very, very different. Again, the culture is very different. And again, it was something that I'd never really had a, had a thought about working for, for government. So the route into the government role was in 2001, while I was working for the pharmaceutical company, I went to um, a CPD day. And at the end of that CPD day, um, someone uh, from the audience stood up and, and made this appeal for people to come and help out in the foot and mouth crisis. Because the vets working for DEFRA, they were they'd been working flat out for weeks and hadn't been able to take any leave. So I had been thinking in the back of my mind, I, I wanted to do something to help in that crisis, but I just didn't know what I could do. So when he stood up, I was able to it gave me that kind of channel and that mechanism to to say, yeah, I'm, you know, hands up. I'd like to to help. You know, what who do I speak to and what do I do? So actually at, at weekends, I went into um, DEFRA and helped out on the disease emergency control control center helpline so I would take calls from vets in the field who were going out and examining animals and then I, I would take a note of all of all of the the history that they had in the clinical signs and then I would take that to a manager for discussion to decide what was the next the next thing to do whether it was to take samples examine more or pot potentially cull. Okay perfect thank you um and then the kind of next thing that I want to talk about is a bit different. Um, I was really interested to see that you gained your master's in creative writing and life writing in 2019. Um, did you find that carrying this extra qualification out has changed how you work as a vet? Um, or is it kind of just a good way to de-stress after work? Uh, so I had I had finished full time work when I did my master's. So I did my master's part time over two years. And it was a bit again, it was a bit of a uh, something that really quite I'd done some evening classes some night classes and the reason I'd done the night classes was because I thought that just sounds an absolutely terrifying thing to do so I'll give it a bash and really really enjoyed it I mean writing just sort of short stories maybe 500 words at a time our homework um, and then over the course of those night classes of two years um, someone suggested well actually the tutor suggested that I did a master's in it which just really took me by surprise it was again it wasn't something I ever had considered but at the time of my career as was then, I didn't have any full-time work. I, I had a couple of non-exec roles, but that maybe amounted to about 30 days a year. So I had the time and it was just, it's so serendipitous really. If someone had suggested that when I was in full-time work, it wouldn't have worked, mm -hmm. but it was actually just the stage of my life was just right. And that tutor was amazingly supportive. She wrote me a reference. 
on everything. And um, so fortunately, I was I was offered a police. And so in terms of my how I work or or myself, what have I learned from the masters? I would say definitely it's a very much reflective process. And I think I understand myself more, but I also understand other people more and sort of understanding or being aware of different motivations for doing things and how two people can be have this go through the same experience but can have very different perceptions of what actually happened I think it's been really interesting understanding human behaviors it's really interesting because you kind of don't ever think about going back into education with a completely different uh topic at all it's really interesting I know Um, and I was really scared on that first morning when we all gathered around and I was just thinking, oh my word, you know, these so many of these people have done like English literature degrees and, you know, I haven't yeah. done English since I was, what, 17? So it was yeah. quite, quite scary, but it was a lovely group, actually. There was a mixture of just people who had just done their bachelors in, in English lit and then and, uh, sort of half of us were returners from various, um, various sectors. In fact, one was um, Alan, um, Alan Davis, you know, from QI oh yeah, yeah he was in my workshop work oh group. wow it's really lovely <laughs> so amazing. really different experiences all coming together and I think probably yeah I think in terms of confidence I think the ones that had just done their bachelors were more confident than us, yeah. <laughs> us. did you write about um any of that experiences did you use your career to kind of like in your stories Yes. So when I was doing the night classes, absolutely. That's what that's what kind of triggered. And and when I was writing the vet stories, it, it just flowed and I could, you know, just write for a couple of days on a story. It was it was just amazing yeah. where it came from. I was really surprised that it was all sort of um, banked in my head and it just took a couple of just some triggers and it just all kind of released into a story. Um, so the memoir is about my career um, and my um about, about my dad as well my, my parents were both really supportive and um, they didn't know the vet in vet sector at all but we're both really supportive so it's a bit of a tribute to my dad this first one and my second one which I'm planning on writing is going to be more about my mum. Have you found that um, writing the memoirs um, have helped you kind of uh, think about what you want from the future and how you kind of want to develop on from what you've learned? Yeah I think it's it probably has clarified a bit and I, and I think for me very much it's about connecting with people and if if what I've written helps people connect with the veterinary profession as well as anything I do helps people connect with the veterinary profession and understand it more not just vets but those that are not in the profession I think it's 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 really important to showcase what we do um not only as vets but in in wider society I think that's just so important um so I personally use reading as a form of escapism. Um, do you have an author or a book that you go back to when you're feeling stressed or that you recommend to others? Uh, yeah, I, so until I, when I, um, I think I like many people, I used to read a lot as a, as a kid. And then when I started my vet degree, all of that sort of leisure writing went, leisure reading went because I was just, sort of the time was squashed out, I was reading textbooks. So uh, I didn't really get back into reading until I was doing that master's because they very much sort of say that you need to write as much, read as much as you write. It's so important, you know, that sort of subliminal feeding of of your sort of creativity. Um, So I I really enjoyed um, F. Scott Fitzgerald, Great Gatsby. I just think that's a fantastic book. And also I love a spy story. especially Russian spy story. So I think it's Ben McIntyre, The Spy and the Traitor, was published not maybe two, three years ago. Yeah. 
Um, and it was amazing because he was based in London. So actually some of the places that I go, he used to leave, you know, bits of orange peel or whatever his, his code <laughs> was for I need help or I've got some information. So it's just really amazing. It's, it's, I, love, I love reading books that are set in the area that I know. Yeah. Whether that's Scotland or, or London. Um, so moving on from um, the uh, from the writing and literature, um, I know that you're on the board for a number of different organisations, such as the Mordon Foundation, which focuses on livestock health and welfare and um, through research and education. Um, what motivates you to get involved with groups like this? Uh, so I started I, where I applied for the Morden uh, role when I knew that I was probably going to stop doing full time work. And it seemed to me a really good fit for, for what I what I am. So I'm definitely a livestock uh, vet through and through. So Morden is, was a really good fit for that. So animal health and welfare, you know, specifically livestock. Um, and um, it's been a great experience. I'm still on the board. I'm on my, on my third term. Um, and I think it's a fantastic I, I just think it really uh, their ethos really reson resonates with me and they were originally a group a farming organization set up by farmers you know right a hundred just 101 years ago now um, and, that, and that still is that ethos still is very very strong today we have the regional advisors actually sit on the board so we hear at board level what's happening right across the country from people that are either farmers or or vets in those those areas so it kind of keeps me grounded and in touch with what's happening it's really amazing that you can use all of the experience that you've got from your different roles to kind of share that with others um, and you also do this um, as a non-executive director on the board for the Scottish Rural College. Um, it must be really rewarding to work with a new generation of scientists and farmers and obviously something that not every vet does. Um, what do you enjoy about this role? And does it give you a different perspective on your everyday work? Um, yes, yeah, so the SRUC board, I was at Scotland Rural College. So SRUC is the, the kind of acronym. I was on that for two terms. So I've I've finished on the, that board, but I'm on their commercial board, which is the Scottish Agricultural College Commercial Board, okay. which is a bit um, SACC for short. Uh, so very much that's about the, the, the surveillance uh, work, the, the veterinary laboratories that they have and the consultancy. So I've, again, just picking up your comment from the last one it's actually drawing on everything that I've done before and um being able to kind of see strategically what SRUC SAC is wanting to achieve and, and drawing on the contacts that I have to help feed in and also hearing about research that's happening at SRUC and at SAC and how I can maybe help them by connecting them in other places so it's, it's really all about mm -hmm. contacts it really is. And I'm just kind of facilitating those contacts or facilitating the conversations that are mutually beneficial or maybe beneficial to one party at one point. But, you know, at a later point, it will be beneficial to the other party. So I get tremendous satisfaction and um, inspiration out of that. And also these um, early career researchers. I mean, they're just amazing what they do and the passion in, the, in what they do. Thank you. Um, so I'd like to talk about you a bit about your role um, at the moment um, and about your slogan for this year as the RCVS president um, and your little theme is connections that count. Um, and I particularly like how you put the focus on mental health and connecting with yourself. Um, how have you tried to look after your mental health in the past and what methods have you found most effective in what is a very stressful job that you might recommend to students going into the profession? Yeah, I think um like many, I'm sure I haven't found it easy to look after my mental health. And um, so I've I've had to work pretty hard on it. I um, 
Yeah, I think for me now it's it's trying to kind of get certainly get outside um, at, at at least once a day for for a walk because um, I I find now being office based that's it's hard sometimes you can go through a whole day and I've realised you're not actually being outside so being out definitely helps trying to keep up with some exercise um, and actually as as I mentioned before it's it's actually keeping up those connections with people whether they're personal or professional connections it's just really it feeds me. Um, and hopefully it's help, helpful to others as well. Um, and I think actually going back to the memoir, I think being able to articulate a lot of the, the tricky bits that I went through um, has been helpful just to reflect on those and clarify in my own head the, the, the challenges that I had. And, and they're not unique um, I know they happen to a lot of people within this profession. So again, I'm just think, hoping that the memoir is something that will resonate um, with many people. Yeah, definitely. I'm just hoping um, I can get it published. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Um, Thank you. So your term has been um, entirely uh, during a pandemic. Um, have you found that there have been any benefits that have come out of that that maybe you wouldn't have seen if you were doing it in no normal times? I think, um, well, fortunately, I did manage to get to some graduations in in person this, this year. I did some online and some in person. Um, but I think the, the benefit of the online is I've definitely met more people online, I reckon, um, because setting up a meeting is just easier. It's, it's not the best in terms of networking, but at least it's a start. If I haven't met them before, at least it's a start. And you know, when I hopefully do meet them, then, you know, we've had that kind of initial conversation. So I think definitely I've met more people, probably been a lot more efficient with my time um, because not had to travel back and forth. Um, and yeah, hopefully just increase the reach. Yeah. Um, because because the, the value of the online um, connection has been increased because I think it maybe wasn't valued that much before, but just because we've had to do it these mm -hmm. last 18 months, I think the value is appreciated, even if it's, 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 it has its constraints. Yeah. Um, so what has been your proudest moment as a president of the RCVS? I, I mean, I, I'm aware that probably most presidents say this, but I, I would say definitely the graduations. I mean, the first one, I did well actually all of the ones I've done whether it's online or face-to-face -face, it's taking this the new grads through their professional declaration and honestly every time I do it it just brings me right back to that day in July 1985 when I was sitting there mm -hmm. or I was standing there rather and and saying the, the the declaration it's just it just kind of really gets to your core and I just remember the pride I felt then and I can see the pride in the the new grads there you know their eyes are twinkling and their parents are so proud um, so absolutely that's it it's just such it's so emotional as well as being a, just an absolutely major highlight thank you um I just have one last question and um it's kind of just looking where you're hoping to go from here like you've had such an amazing career like what what are you going to do next <laughs> <laughs> thank you um I will definitely going to keep persevering with trying to get the book published so I'm, I'm currently trying to find an agent although that work has taken a, a bit of a back seat because it's been quite busy with the RCBS president role but I'd like to so the presidency finishes in, in 
July next year, and then I'll be senior vice president for a year, but that will be in terms of time commitment, much less. So I would like to find something else that actually I can use all of the connections and all of the experiences, really everything that I've done so far, and just use that to, again, amplify the veterinary voice, showcase the profession. I mean, I've already made a number of really, really useful contacts with the medical profession, building on you know, contacts and the work that people have done before on, on the, you know, the One Health agenda. But I have made some really good contacts. So I'm really hoping that they will bear fruit next year or, or, or if not next year, the year after. Um, and it's a question of just actually showcasing to them and getting them to understand exactly how, how broad vets work across, across not just animals, but humans and planetary health as well. And I think it is slowing, slowly getting through, but I think it's, it's um, important that we all keep going with that. And so uh, I'll be on the SACC board for another um, few years yet. Uh, and the Morden, I think I maybe got, I'm coming to the end of my third term on that. So looking for something that really kind of t- can touch on all of those different areas, but definitely um, utilize my connections and, and the experiences that I've had so far, because I think they have been really diverse and it's been really beneficial for me. I've I've really had a great career, but not the one I was expecting at all. Mm-hmm. But but it's been really interesting and, and really fulfilling. Really fulfilling. Um, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to say just before we kind of close everything up? No, no. Um, I think they were great questions. So thank you very much for for those. And it's been great to be able to reflect on my career and hopefully inspire other people just to take the step. It can be a bit of a scary step to to go in a different direction. But I think for me, while it while it might look as if I've kind of gone lots of different directions, I hope from our discussion, it's clear that I've 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 stuck to my core of livestock, yeah. agriculture, um, and just done different dimensions of that within within the one career. So I've not I've mm. moved sectors if you like, but but my I've kept my core so and they're my core values. So I think that keeps the resonance and and me focused on what I want to do. Okay, thank you so much for talking to me. Um, I really enjoyed it and I think everyone else will as well. So thank you. Thank you so much.